Wikipedia, a food fight podcast, but instead of burgers and pies, we sling interesting facts and stories about a specific ingredient, and you get to decide who is the most interesting by voting on Instagram. Or you don't, and you just listen passively, and that's fine too. I'm Ben Birchall, and I'm joined by my co-host, Emily Naismith. Hello, Emily. Hello, and hello, everyone. It's an exciting episode. It is. It's 50. We've recorded 50 episodes 50. of this podcast. Actually, we probably recorded a couple of extras yeah, that we never did. made it to air because <laughs> of dodgy sound recording. But 50 published yeah. episodes. R.I.P. Lemon episode. Yeah, sausages. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Um, but amazing that we made it here. Yeah. Uh, took took that little two-year break. But yeah. hey, um, we've, we've come back and we've made 50. Uh, and I would say there's... Uh, a lot of layers to this episode as mm, well. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to peel back some layers today. And we're also going to hear, because it is our big 50th episode, mm. we're going to hear from some of our favourite past guests and some of our favourite people and, and actually some of Australia's very, very finest chefs and food writers and food people, um, which is an absolute honour. So you'll hear some voices throughout wishing us well which is very nice of them. <laughs> so tonight we're going to be battling it out about onions. So it's going to be three rounds. So strap yourself in. There's some interesting experiments. There's some cool facts. And I don't know what Ben's done, but I'm sure it's great. Uh, but can... just slightly worse <laughs> yeah, than me. Just, just 10% <laughs> worse. I can tell you that I smell like onions. I feel like I've smelled like onions all week thanks <laughs> me to <too>. this episode. <laughs> so uh, thank goodness that that doesn't transfer to audio. Uh, strap in and enjoy the sounds at least. G'day Em and Ben, Alice Zaslavsky here. Just thought I'd say congrats on 50 episodes. I reckon you were one of the first OG ingredient centric podcasts in the world. And as far as my favourite ingredient, still garlic. <laughs> Cheerio. Okay, Ben, personal question without notice. Oh, oh good. I, I love these. <laughs> um, are you a big crier uh, when it comes to onions? Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I waited <laughs> to answer. Um, I honestly, I can't figure out what makes me cry when it comes to onions because mm. sometimes they just I'm just like yeah like water works mm. and other times it's not that bad so yeah. I have, I've never figured it out um so I wouldn't say I'm a big crier I'd say I'm an inconsistent and confusing crier yeah I feel like my crying intensity has dulled with age um with onions anyway <laughs> like I used to get onion tears um, so bad I used to have to leave the room physically mid-chop yeah. but now I can push through pretty successfully but the tears are still there it's uncomfortable it's annoying so I wanted to look up why onions make us cry yeah. and some potential methods to combat this this is going to be handy for me <laughs> I didn't do that so onions use sulfur that's in the soil to create amino acid sulfoxides which are basically sulfur compounds that readily turn into a gas so when an onion's cut open it releases these sulfur compounds and enzymes which react and create this special tear making gas and interestingly, because onions grow underground, that gas helps deter little critters and stuff that want to feed on them. Um, but yeah, the gas is also what makes our eyes water when chopping onions. So tried a few different methods. Now, this is a very rigorous scientific experiment. So I did a control. So raw chop of onions, I rate that about five out of 10 on the tier scale. Okay. Like it wasn't 
wild and all these onions are from the same batch i should say and i mostly use the same knife except when it was in the dishwasher (laughs) so it's very very scientific good good so i'm going to be talking about wearing goggles freezing the onion cold water bath chewing gum keeping a piece of bread in your mouth and microwaving the onion (laughs) they're they're my methods yeah wow you yeah you really (laughs) must smell of onions i'll stay over this side (laughs) so from worst to best method Worst method, okay. hands down, 100% would have to be microwaving the onion. <laughs> it was so yeah. bad. Like Intensified. 10 out of 10 tears. Yeah. Like it felt like the microwave compounded the gases and made them like super potent. Plus I had the traumatic sensory experience of like handling a slightly soggy onion, which was really unpleasant. That was really bad. Um, the next, next worst was the cold water bath. So I rated that about, it did, It like dilute, it got some of the pain out, but it was still like three out of 10 tears. Next one, chewing gum while you chop. That was about two out of 10. Oh. I could feel the onion, like whiffs of onion gas coming at me, but then I'd like get a whiff of the gum vapor and it would kind of dilute it. Mm-hmm. And the three best methods that resulted in no tears were freezing the onion for 10 minutes before chopping wearing goggles downside to that was it's hard to see potential for knife injuries (laughs) um but the best method i found was keeping a piece of bread in your mouth just like hanging out of your mouth um maybe because the bread absorbs like the oniony fumes or something before it gets into your eyes and nose or acts as like a physical buffer yeah plus you get to eat bread so that's a win so i guess if you're really sensitive to onions just go goggles put in the freezer and have a piece of bread hanging out your mouth and you'll be absolutely sweet. Done. Hi there, my name is Ben Shuri from Attica Restaurant. My favourite ingredient changes all the time, but right now it's dancing grass flour made from a native grain in Yuan country. And I'd like to say a huge congratulations to Ingredipedia on 50 episodes. Well done, you guys. Okay, Emily, for our 50th episode, it's very exciting. I was going to toast our milestone with a, um, with a special onion-themed drink. Okay. Um, perhaps a, a Gibson. Have you ever heard of a Gibson? Um, no. So uh, this is from liquor.com. The, the Gibson is made with gin and dry vermouth and garnished with a pickled onion. It's basically a martini, but instead of an yeah, olive, okay. it's got a pickled onion in it. Um, so not an olive, not, not a lemon twist. It's only a Gibson when that savoury onion adorns the glass, adding its umami undertone to the classic cocktail. You've probably noticed there isn't a Gibson here. I didn't get a chance to get the pickled onion. That's okay. What kind of onion is it? Like a pickled, like a little little cocktail onion, little pickled onion on a skewer, like like the same as you would with a with an olive. Only, yeah, an oniony, gin and vermouth drink. Um, So I'm sorry I didn't make you a special drink. But somebody else did make a special onion-based drink. Um, I want to talk about the person who did. His name is James. He lives on the small island of Ede or Ede in Orkney in the UK. He goes by the name of Happy Homestead. And this particular drink that he made took him a year to make. Mm-hmm. Did it work? Let's check in with James. Good morning and greetings to you. Another fantastic sunny day up here. And time for a taste test. It's a wine, a taste test. I've been waiting a full-on year to test. But what wine is it? Before I tell you that, I'm not happy with this wine. It spent a full year 
doing its thing. I've spent a full year trying to get it clear. I've tried every method I know to try and clear it. But it's not clear yet. So the wine I'm not happy with is onion wine. The overall colour of the wine, it's very, very cloudy. He's not happy. As I said, no, I've that tried like every trick I know to try and clear it to no avail. So there's only one thing to do now, and that is give it a taste test. Come on, let's pour a glass. The onion wine, the overall initial appearance is cloudy. Hazy, cloudy. It gets zero out of ten for <laughs> appearance. He's hard on himself, James. And the aroma. It makes my eyes water. It's onion. <laughs> it's not objectionable. It's just onion. If you love onions, some people do, absolutely adore onions. I'm one of them. This might be palatable to you. And now, taste. Let's try. Very oniony. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Onion. That's all I get. Onion, 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 onion. Would I serve this on the table? No. Will I sit at home near the fire in winter enjoying a glass of this wine? No. I have a few bottles of this wine left and I have an idea for it. I'm going to try and turn the onion wine into onion vinegar. I think it would go marvellously well to pickle pickled onions. That's a good idea. That's onion inception. So, I'm not sure if you caught what kind of wine James made there. Um, it was onion wine. Yeah, hectic. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty hectic. Um, yeah, he not not happy with it, um, but I like his idea. Me too. I'm I'm keen to try James's onion wine. He he's he's big into um, he's big into his wines and his and his brewing. Uh, but I think. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll send I'll send James a note. I'll see if he can send us some some onion vinegar, and we can pickle some pickled onions as well. Hell yeah! We'll toast to that. Hey Ben and M, this is Anna Webster here. Um, massive congrats on 50 eps of the podcast. I'm such a huge fan. It was such an honour to join you uh, to talk all things corn. Um, I yeah just wanted to pop in and say keep doing what you're doing. And special shout out to my favourite ingredient, butter. Uh, you know, maybe it's a little bit basic, but honestly, tell me one thing that's not improved by a shitload of butter. Love your work, guys. Okay, so picture this, Ben. It's Saturday morning. You're going to Bunnings to get some stuff, maybe some stuff for a little reno project. Maybe you're there to buy some herbs to plant or something. But on your way in, you walk past the barbecue for the local lacrosse club. Do you keep walking? Or are you stopping for a sausage? Oh, stopping for a sausage every time. Yeah, correct answer. Um, I don't think it's physically possible to walk past barbecue onions and not indulge. Like, that's the law. Yeah. That's mandated in all states <laughs> yeah, and territories in Australia. Um, like, the sausage is good too, but it's the onions that shine. There's something magical about barbecue onions. That's just facts. So during lockdown for COVID, we were obviously denied our bunning sausage because it was closed for so long. But luckily there was a humble king educating the public about Barbie onions and how to make amazing Barbie onions yourself. So I wanna talk about AFL footballer Angus Brayshaw's Instagram account, Barbie Onions. Really? Are you familiar with this? I'm not. Oh, really? 
That's weird because you're really into footy and I'm into footy but nowhere near as much as you. But for my corner of the internet, it was impossible to ignore when it first popped up in early 2020. Wow. Um, I know about his teammate Christian Petrarca's food channel. Ooh, yeah, I'm obsessed with that. (laughs) (laughs) I actually screenshotted his fridge on TikTok the other day. What is it with with footballers and food TikTok? I know. Wow, I didn't know it was a thing. I I, I best, dad best get on TikTok and figure this out. Um. So the Barbie Onions account on Instagram, it's just Barbie Onions. I think the first video was like a cooking show about Barbie Onions with most of the Melbourne footy club dialing in like on Zoom to ask questions as he cooked him. It was pretty cute and really funny. I'll just play a little snippet. We'll get started. So uh, first of all, welcome everybody to the Angus Brayshaw Barbie Onion experience. Uh, Who am I? I'm just a humble Barbie Onion lover. you know, just a man who is speaking to the people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so basically, yeah, he's a big name AFL player, obsessed with barbecue onions. And two and a half years later, I wanted to make sure my barbie onion game was on point with a little refresher. So I followed Angus's tips for barbie onions. So basically, if you want some pointers, he says, cut the onions in semicircles. And don't pre-separate the onions before you put them on the heat because mm. apparently it retains some of the juices. Okay. Season with salt and pepper onto the onions before they go in the pan or on the barbecue. And onions, like me, need constant attention. And he didn't say like me, he, although <laughs> who knows? I don't, I don't know him too well. And his um, ratio is 1.5 onions for every one person. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Because I never make enough. They cook down. Yeah. <laughs> they really You cook always down. want more. Yeah. Um, so I've been making this quite a bit because I've been chopping up onions for my first batch. So I'm like, <laughs> what are you I'm do like stuff it. Let's, let's do barbie onions again. So um, they taste better than what I usually do. I think I kind of cooked my onions for a bit longer than he did because I like them really soft and caramelized. Um, but yeah, he, he's got some good tips there. So... Then finally, a related question. When you go to Bunnings, onions under a sausage or above? Well, isn't it mandated that it must be under in this day and age? Yeah, true. There was some like... There was a slipping... Yeah, uh, health and safety type thing. Yeah, health and safety. Onions falling out were Mm. creating a slipping hazard. But still, when I go, I'm pretty sure I've never had them under. Mm, I have before. Oh, really? Onions on top. Yeah. I like the idea of under because they don't fall off. But if I'm in close proximity to onions and sausages, my priority is to get them in my mouth ASAP. So it's muscle memory for me. So I just put them on top and I forget everything that I've been told. I think also there's something nice about the sauce mixing in with the onions. That's true. Which it doesn't get to do so much That is true, yeah. So for me, it's, yeah. Yeah. Heats the sauce. It releases some of the sugars. Yeah. It's also mathematically correct because you're like going from the biggest thing to the smallest thing, like a pyramid. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, thank, thank you, uh, AFL footballer Angus Brayshaw. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Hi there, Danny Vallant here, food writer and host of the Dirty Linen Food Podcast. M and Ben, congratulations on 50 episodes of Ingredipedia. That is an awesome achievement. I love the show. It's been inspiring for me when I've been creating my own podcast content. Uh, so my favourite ingredient, I think I have to say bread and butter. I know that's two ingredients, but they have to go together. Good on you guys. Emily, mm-hmm. you know 
that the only vaguely interesting thing about me, apart from my band once supported Green Day. Oh, that's that, not interesting. Um, have I mentioned that? <laughs> uh, the only thing that's vaguely interesting about me is that I'm part Indonesian. Have I mentioned it before on the podcast? I believe I have once <laughs> or twice. Um, anyway, I, I spent some time growing up in Indonesia and I learned to cook from my uh, my papa, who's Dutch Indonesian or Indish, as the Dutch would say. So I love Indonesian food. I love satay lilit. I love gado gado. I love soto batutu. I love... So to ayam, sambal ikan bilis, nasi goreng all day. Indonesian food, love it. All Indonesian food. Um, and there's one thing that's common to all Indonesian food, all those dishes I just mentioned. In fact, just about every dish you eat in and around or near Indonesia, and that is bawang goreng. You familiar with bawang No, bawang tell goreng? me what well, they are. These little crispy... Oh, fried shallots. Yeah. Awesome. Bawang goreng are the crispy... <laughs> Crispy fried shallots. <laughs> Thank you. That you get on top Delicious. of like every Indonesian dish. And, um, you know, they add that crunch. They mm. add some salt. They add some umami. They're good. Um, and I always assumed they were kind of like a Pan-Asian thing. They were just like from Singapore mm. or Malaysia or whatever. But, but I learned this week. They are actually from in- Indonesia. Oh, um, cool. And, yeah, I, I've, sort of, I've grown up with them. I used to sneak into my pantry when I was a kid and eat them straight out of the jar. And mm. I still do that. Same. Um, I've been doing that pretty much all day because I've had the jar (laughs) on my desk. Um, They're kind of in my DNA, which is why it's so tragic that in my recent move to regional Victoria, I can't find Bowen Goring nearby. Like my local supermarket doesn't have them. Yes, I can go to Geelong, the nearest regional town, and they've got great Asian grocers there. But and, and yes, I can stock up when I'm in Melbourne a couple of times a week for work, but that doesn't help me when I've, I'm just about to make a bowl of Indomie mee goreng and the, the, the little bit in the sachet is just never quite enough. Mm. I need to bulk it up and I look in the pantry and they're gone. Um, it, so it just doesn't, I can't just sneak around to the Asian supermarket like I, I could when I lived in Coburg. Big shout out to KFL on Sydney Road. I miss you, girl. Um, but so happy onions, sad, can't get them. Mm happy again this week i learned i could do something about it uh and this is according to food blog daily cooking quest which is a um uh indonesian chinese american uh lady who recreates the dishes of her childhood um and it's it's focused on people who are like finding it hard to get ingredients um because she's part of the indonesian diaspora overseas um and so she she got me sorted out um she tells me that all you need to make bawang goreng are some shallots, which are available at my local Solus mm. big box supermarket. So, so they're be- like the little, they look like little brown onions. Little brown onions, yeah. exactly. Um, and when you peel them, they're like a little bit little bit red. Yeah. Um, some vegetable oil, also available at the shitty supermarket. <laughs> and one thing that I did not expect, a microwave. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I can't um, think that either because I just think about soginess and microwaves. Yeah, but and I, I know this is a big step for you because you've only just learned to deep fry. But did you know <laughs> you could deep fry in the microwave? Basically, you just you slice up some shallots that seems thinly. Very dangerous. And you wow, these look good. Cover them in just enough um, vegetable oil um, to just so they're covered yeah and you put them in the microwave she doesn't give a time i think that's wise because all microwaves are different mm. uh took me a little bit of test and learn i cooked a couple of batches um sat it around three and a half to four minutes for me but i suggest try and also mm. be very careful because yeah. you're deep frying in a microwave in a little bowl uh and it's dangerous mm. so uh, do you cover it 
No, you don't cover yeah. it. It just it bubbles up. It bubbles up straight away. Mm. It bubbles beautifully. And then you strain it, put it on some kitchen paper to, to, to yeah. drain. And, to crisp up. Uh, I've got some here. Um, yeah, nice. So let's have a little taste test. You've, you've tried the control. Yeah. The store-bought bow and goring. <laughs> I have no idea how long they've been in my pantry for. Could be months. Mm. Have some of them. And yeah, these are the the microwave number. I feel like yours are like, they're really crunchy, but they also have like a bit of juiciness. Yeah. Yeah. Texturally. That that was my, my take on it is they're... Then they don't have that kind of desiccated mouthfeel that mm. the store bought ones have that are like obviously so dry because yeah. they've got to last like have a long shelf yeah. life. So they yeah still have some of the the moisture to to the shallots. Um, I think I feel like they're a little bit sweeter. Yeah, the microwave they're ones. They're sweeter. They kind of have a more. Um, yours are a bit more. They're a bit more burnt, but I like that flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> the first batch, um, I got to say, the first batch w- wasn't quite as 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 burned as that, um, but I just ate them. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to make these ones. Um, yeah. No, they're really good. They are sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like in some ways they're 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 better, and I think if I did it again, I'll cut them on a mandolin. Yeah. Okay. I, I hand cut them, and I feel like if I use my Super Ben Renner, which is my favorite <laughs> favorite thing that I own, a Japanese mandolin. Um, really get them super thin. That'll be the next step. And I'm definitely doing this again. And I really, really want to thank Daily Cooking Quest for turning me on to microwave fried bawang goreng. So if you had to eat one onion for the rest of your life, which would you choose, brown or red? (sighs) Don't make me... (laughs) Like, they've just got different uses. Like... I mean, brown's reliable mm. and it's the base of, you know, so many meals, mm. but like red has got sweeter and mm. <sighs> brown. Yeah. <laughs> I Look, honestly, it would be brown 100% for me too, because I'm just going to come out and say I don't like red onions. Whoa, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I know it's true. And I don't say that about many food, many foods like... But brown, but red onions—they've been ruining salads since my mum started putting yeah. them in salads in like 2001. They're not pleasant. Like they're raw. No one like they're raw when you eat them in salads. Like no one needs that like spark of like oniony bitterness and everything taking away from like the other delicious ingredients. Mm. So this is like something I've believed for 20 years. Um, like if, if I'm served a salad with red onion in it, I'll like avoid it. If it's, um, if I'm doing it myself with the tongs, I'll like pick everything, pick all the onion out and not take it. Um, but yeah, I remember when I had a rant like this, like I don't like raw capsicum in the capsicum episode, <laughs> but now I'm kind of over that and I kind of like it. So I thought I just need to investigate why I hate red onion and potentially come to like it for the podcast. Okay. I want to like it. Yep. Help me like it. All right. So... What what specifically do you like about red onion? Um, I well that that burst of oniony flavour, yeah, okay. like a really intense sweet onion. And look, to be honest, I can take or leave it in the salad, mm. um, particularly if I'm eating it during the day and I have to go about my day with that onion taste. Mm. Uh, raw onion isn't always necessary, but you mm. dice it up really fine, pickle it a little bit, mm. or you dice it up really fine and you put it through some. Um, 
through some uh, guacamole. Mm. Like that's where you want your red yeah, onion. Yeah, I could have it in guacamole, it's, I think. It's about the thickness. It's about the size. Okay, like, okay. You know, it's okay. a little gem of okay. goodness when you – okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> so my first step of trying to like red onion, I just ate a raw red onion. But this time by itself to like pinpoint what it is I don't like. And like I don't – I don't like the pungent oniony fumes and the sharp sting. There's no reward. So like it's just pain or like unpleasantness. So like for chili oil, which I love now, by the way, and I've already down a jar since, <laughs> since the oil episode, there's a burn, but it's good pain because chili oil is delicious. Yeah. But there's no payoff for red onion pain, I feel. Mm-hmm. So in my second attempt of trying to like red onion, I tried soaking it in water before I kind of chopped it up. And I was reading the comments on a Food 52 article that had red onion in it and some other baby was complaining about the taste <laughs> of red onion and a few people suggested soaking it to remove some of the bites. So yeah. I tried that. It's, it's better, but it's still not something I'd choose to incorporate into a meal. Yeah. So then I thought, why not add nice ingredients to the red onion to try and make it taste better? So as you said, enter the pickling phase. Mm. So I pickled a red onion by chopping it up and adding some water and white vinegar and apple cider vinegar and maple syrup and salt, which I heated all those ingredients except the onion on the stove. And then I poured it on top of the red onions in a jar. And this recipe was from Cookie and Kate. And half an hour later, I was basically eating red onions by the spoonful. Yeah. They're so good. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I brought some in. And we can have them on my vehicle of choice, which is laughing cow cheese. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm into this. Oh, no, it fell over, but that's okay. I screwed it on really tight. Then. It's okay. See, this was full like yeah. a few days ago. And the color, you get that great yeah. color in the brine. It's, yeah. Laughing cow for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Laughing cow for you. Get some ASMR on the laughing cow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's good. Mm. It's pretty good. I mean, laughing cow. It's so good. It's always good, but like. <laughs> so, if you're not vibing on red onions and you want to force yourself to like them, pickle them mm. and then have them with laughing cow. Yeah. Yeah. So, if in doubt, pickle it, which is a great motto. Emily, mm. we couldn't get through our 50th episode without it, could we? <laughs> I'm assuming you're going yes. to be talking about the Civil War. Onions played a role <laughs> in the American Civil War. Yeah. Um, and of course they did. The best bit about this fact, and it's literally like three paragraphs, I'm <laughs> really going to be stretching it out because there's nothing to it. It didn't come from the Smithsonian Magazine or Library of Congress or Trove or some you know highfalutin academic paper. It came from a website called onions-usa.org. Mm. Just USA Onions. And uh, this is the, the, the person writing for OnionsUSA.org says, one of my favorite onion quotes. I love the fact that they've got more than mm. one onion quote that they like. And this, <laughs> it's not even their favorite. It's one of their favorites. So they've got multiple <laughs> favorites. Love that love for onions. One of my favorite onion quotes is rooted in American history. It goes like this. In 1864, General Ulysses S. Grant, who was one of the leaders of the mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Union, um, in the north he declared in an advisory to the federal government i will not move my army without onions likewise general robert e lee complained the confederate congress was unable to do anything except eat peanuts and chew tobacco while my army is starving but fortunately for grant and the troops 
his onion demand was met. Because well, we've talked about it before, I think in the coffee episode, like food was really scarce yeah. for the uh, for the soldiers. They were like scraping stuff off the ground. They were eating all sorts of things and finding peanuts, uh, which were previously kind of not really um, eaten. They were kind of seen as a, as a, as a roadside weed. Um, but onions were, re- were really important, not just for food. They, they were important for food, but they were also... Um, they were used, uh, appreciated by soldiers, this is from the article again, for both their flavor and antiseptic properties when used to treat powder burns. Yeah, okay. I was wondering why they demanded onions specifically. Yeah, out specifically. Of food. Like, like, I mean, I love them. But, <laughs> but like, wouldn't you ask yeah. for potatoes yeah. or like, yeah. So uh, not just delicious, but also antiseptic properties. Uh, I, I looked that up. I was like, were they actually onto something there? Um, this is, again, from another reputable source, <laughs> USA Today. I'm really going for the, the high highbrow uh, sources. They talk, uh, it, this is a bit of a fact check article about um, whether, actually whether onions will remove bacteria from the air if you leave a cut onion open, yeah. which is another, apparently doesn't. But onions do have some medicinal and pharmacological uses recognized by the World Health Organization. Onion tea is listed in WHO literature as a way to help with a runny nose, as an example. Uh, The WHO points to four scientific articles over the years in which onions were found to kill pathogens related to food poisoning, a claim that the National Onion Association makes as well. Mm. But they would, wouldn't they? Yeah. They were like, oh, yeah, food poisoning. (laughs) Uh, The Center for Food Safety at the University of Georgia states that juice released from cut onion is known to kill or inhibit the growth of several types of microorganisms, including some of those capable of causing food poisoning in humans. Didn't mention anything about gunshots. Yeah. (laughs) But runny nose, onions. Maybe onion wine would be what you need for gunshots. (laughs) Let's, I'm assuming. Let's call let's, that. Let's get let's, James let's on the Let's line. get James on the line. <laughs> uh, okay, big episode, 50th episode. Yeah. What, did we, what did we talk about? As well as hearing from some of our favourite, favourite, favourite food people in, in the world. Yeah. Well, my first fact was a um, scientific onion experiment about um, which method is best to stop the tears. Uh, and I introduced the world to James, the happy homestead, and uh, talked about his onion wine. For the second round, I revisited Angus Brayshaw's Barbie Onions account and yet elevated my Barbie Onion game. And I made microwave bawang goreng, not for the last time, let me tell you. <laughs> round three... I stopped being a little baby and learnt to like red onion and learnt to pickle it and it's honestly one of the favourite things that I have in my fridge at the moment. And I took us back to the American Civil War and talked about the uses for onion apart from being delicious and treating uh, gunpowder and gunshot, well not really gunshot wounds, I kind of, I stretched that a little bit far, (laughs) sorry about that, but uh, yeah that's what I talked about. Nice one. Well, as listeners, you have the right to vote for who you think was the most interesting. Um, We'll put a little Instagram poll up about a week after this goes up, so make sure you're following us. We're Ingridopedia on Instagram. And, yeah, vote for whoever you think was funniest and most interesting, but mostly vote for me. And who made the best crispy fried 
And who brought in Shall Laughing Cow? Okay. All right. <laughs> Just vote for either of us. Um, thanks so much for all of the support over the last 50 episodes. Yeah. Sure. Thanks so much.